Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, folks? It's Rich from My Take Radio, and we are in the second installment of the MTR Behind the Mic series. This week, I'm being joined by Philosophy from the Community Voice Podcast. You can check them out at, commu- at uh, communityvoicepodcast.podbean.com. Uh, Phil is already here joining us. Thanks What's going on? All right. Um, before we get into everything else, E3, ton of stuff with that, uh, just let let me tell tell me a little bit about Community Voice Podcast, how you started it, you know what 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 was the catalyst that got the ball rolling for you to do this? Man, well, I mean, first things first, you know, obviously everybody who listens to this show knows I'm a, I'm a real big gamer, so it initially started just me and a couple friends playing games, talking about games, and you know, we kind of just thought like, man, I, I bet people would want to hear this, you know, and if they didn't. Maybe we could talk to them about what they want to hear. And that kind of expanded and the ball started rolling. And, you know, we actually put up um, kind of like a beta of what the show was going to be. And we had people calling in initially telling us uh, all types of crazy stuff, you know, whether they agreed with us and loved what we said or they hated us and, you know, that were stupid and, and the whole nine. But like. We got such a, a good initial response from the idea that we said, you know, this is something we got to keep doing. Uh, we started off on Podbean initially for free, which that was amazing at first until we kind of realized, like, oh, this costs money. <laughs> we need to invest in this. So uh, we hooked up with a website called FrontowardsGamer.com, which we're back on now. And, um, you know, uh it, things kind of got even bigger from there. Um, we got hooked up with their community. They all liked what we were doing. We met up with a whole bunch of different podcasters and journalists and developers from the gaming industry. And, you know, things just seemed like they were too good to be true. And, I mean, from there, we're here. Like, we, you know, we left Front Towards Gamer to try to go independent. We formed a network. Uh, kind of a good idea at first. Um, we, we, acquired a couple of other podcasts to join us but um you know as as everything else goes people want to do their own thing and make their own website so we weren't going to hold them back you know nobody was contractually obligated to stay along with us so we let everybody go do their own thing and we just hopped back on with front towards gamer decided to just keep that connection and that bridge real tight and now everything is is back to normal getting ready to do episode 50 soon so you know, the funny thing is what you were saying with doing, with creating a, a radio network and, and your work with Front, with uh, Front Words Gamer, the, uh, I wanted to ask, when, when you decided to partner up with them, how did, what did, what did you approach them? Did they approach you? Was it something off a, of an existing relationship? It was, it was kind of mutual. Um, our co-host, Dell, initially started the site with them. 
And that was almost um, probably a little over a year ago, about a month after we had started doing Community Voice podcasts. And we were on like episode five and Dell was telling me like, listen, you know, I think it would be better if we went to a website and if we go to theirs, you know, they'll pay for the feed. We'll give them community content and it's a great marriage. And everything just that's how everything turned out, you know. Well, when you it, it, when you guys started working with 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 Front Words Gamer, how did you were there were there any stumbling blocks along the way? You know, you joining their community and their community just becoming familiar with you guys was there a uh, kind of like an awkward transition when you started doing that? Because you know, it's it's like anything else. It's like going to a party and meeting people you've never met before. You know, there's that that period of awkwardness. I, I think maybe for a lot of other people that could be the case, but since Dell was our co-host and I was already friends with a lot of the people in that community and it was so new, like the website literally just started as we came on. So maybe like a week into their, you know, starting point, we were on the website. So it really wasn't that hard for us to blend in. And I mean, since me personally, I knew everyone, it was kind of cool for me to pull and pick their brains, and since they were part of that community to start with, it, it, it was just it was just a very easy transition for us. What what has been you know I guess your high point since doing the Community Voice podcast? Like what's a moment that you can look back you know in almost fifty episodes and go wow I I love that I get to do this shit every week you know? I think that one of our best things that we've ever done was our interview with Dan Amrick, who some people might know. He is a host of, uh, well, the host and editor-in-chief over at One of Swords, which is a gaming website, uh, gaming enthusiast. Um, he also works over at Activision. Um, he's kind of like the Major Nelson of Activision, or I guess you could call him the apologist of Activision, because he's always like apologizing for what uh, whatever happens over there with Call of Duty and everything like that. But when uh i guess you know a lot of people know him they're familiar with him and when we had him on the show we just had such a a crazy conversation with him and he gave us so much insight into the gaming industry and we were such fans of his that it kind of took us you know kind of took us back like oh my god like you know we're really talking to this guy and he's actually giving us credit for coming up with like a good idea for a show and it just blew our minds so that was definitely one of the best things and you know just Altogether, not not to add another one to it, but altogether, just having the response that we got, you know, I never thought that anybody would ever really take us seriously. And now it seems like if we stop doing this, <laughs> like we've got to be in trouble. We probably have people coming to our houses <laughs> like, why do you stop? So it's cool. I, I like, uh, you know, I like the interviews. I, I like the effect that we that we have on people and. I don't think I, I would be chatting with you or obviously doing any of this other stuff if I wasn't doing CVP. So, what about a low point along the way? Was there was there a moment of frustration doing this? Because I know I've had quite a few. But yes, yes, there was. Um, not to put his name out there. You don't have to. You could change the names or just say. Um, smunching you chout. <laughs> I'll just throw in some extra letters and rearrange some. But um, just one of our ex-co-hosts that we had on the show, initially, you know, he was a very good guy, and he still is, you know, nothing against him. He's a cool dude, but he just, 
I don't know whether it was his personal life or something that he had going on, but just him as a person, we all didn't get along very well after, you know, our first couple of episodes and he just caused a lot of problems for us. But we split off pretty well and you know, I hope he's doing the best. We haven't spoken to him since, so that was just our real down point. Besides that, everything else has been good. Oh, that's great, mate. Um how many how many events have you guys got to check out so far? You know, being being part of CVP. Well, we like I said, we really don't focus too much on the industry. We try to go to as many events as we can, but mostly we go to community events. So one major one was um, a website known as Gamertag Radio, which a lot of people are familiar with as well. Um, they had a, a community party event for the release of Mafia Two. And that was one of our biggest events that we went to. We've, you know, we individually, we've all been to other ones, but as a, as a show and the whole staff, we haven't all gone anywhere together. You know, we just, we just try to keep it, you know, to the fans and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I mean, when the, um, I remember that mafia party because I believe that was here in New York. Yes, it was. If I'm correct. And I remember there was a whole big buzz about it and I was, at that time, I was, you know, we were doing the show, but I wasn't in that, I don't want to say that social circle, but I, I, I was like, oh, that's really cool, and, you, and, you know, it was cool that Hot 97 got involved, and there's so many brands involved, but I just felt for us to make a debut at, at that point, I was like, oh, that'll be a little awkward for us to just show up or whatever, but that's awesome that you got to go there. I'm sure, I'm sure you got to do a lot of great networking and meeting a lot of great people there. Yeah, there was definitely a ton of a ton of people to network with but since it was a party atmosphere and stuff like that like initially it was supposed to be free open bar for the first 200 people like you know we just went there to have a good time <laughs> and things kind of got a little crazy towards the end with the uh, band mayday was there if anybody's familiar with them and they set it off everybody was drunk and crazy like it was just such a good time you know? If anybody wants to check out, check out all the old shows that we did. Um, we, 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 I think we did like two in a row for the Mafia 2 event. That was just like literally hours of us drunk and like <laughs> stumbling around New York City, just conversing with different bands and people in the industry. It was just, it was nuts. That's crazy, man. Not, see, now I feel bad that I didn't go, but that's, it's all good. <laughs> next time, next time you gotta go. Yeah, well, you know, it was, it was funny because just like with, you know, with some of the events that we've gone to, it's always like, hey, man, you know, are you going to this party? I'm going to that party. And I'm just like, you you know, I feel bad because I don't want to be like, hey, you do realize I have a real job, right? Like, this isn't my full-time gig. You know, like, you don't want to be that guy. So I just kind of hide out, so to speak. But it's starting to become a second job, so I got to start making myself seen. Of course. And you know what? It's It's not even necessarily that. It's just about, like, you know, I like to have fun. And even if this was a full-time job, I still want to have fun at my job. You know what I mean? It's not going to be all work all the time. So I make sure to try to attend as much stuff as I can, as long as it's not too business. And even when it is, I try to just make the most fun out of the situation, whether, you know, people expect me to be there or not. I just, you know, I show out. I make sure everybody know I'm there. <laughs> the um, Just going back to kind of what what you've been doing with CVP and, and working with Frontwards Gamer, just in, in your mind, where would you like to take CVP? What's the next level you want to take it to? You know, are you, do you want to get picked up, you know, from, from, from a broadcast network? Do you want to go live? Do you want to, 
you know, branch out into your own, but still be part of Frontwards Gamer? Like, like, where do you want to take it? Like, if we had this conversation six months from now, where would you want to be? I think, honestly, I think we would still want to be with Frontwards Gamer. They're, they're really making headway. And initially, when we had left, it was just a weird time for us, and we were in this... um really like overly independent phase where you know while it's a good idea for a lot of people who are doing this kind of you know podcast and and all these types of you know broadcasts to to make an independent move for us we were so we were so tight with them and when we left it kind of felt like we were missing something their community is our major fan base and i don't think we could really do anything without them even if even if we you know even if we really put the effort I just, I don't know, I would feel funky doing it again, but I definitely think we should stay on there, you know, doing the transition to live, you know, I do want to do that, as as we mentioned earlier, um, I'm looking to do that for episode 50, so hopefully that, that works itself out, um, and, and I think the only other major thing that we want to do is, you know, rather than leave Front Tours Gamer, just kind of expand our audience more pull people more people into the fold you know what i mean and and just get a better interaction from the fans because as of late it seems like people are not necessarily falling off gaming but i i feel like people aren't interacting as much as they should like even even on games like i haven't seen too many people playing call of duty together there hasn't been this i, I don't know there hasn't been this unifying thing in gaming that's really brought everyone together so hopefully something comes along or we can do something to make that happen well with regards to that and it's funny you say that do you feel that that gaming is kind of at a crossroads with regards to you know you got your 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 casuals and your hardcore like it used to be you know the guys and girls gaming and then that kind of fell by the wayside now it's it seems that there's always beef between casuals and and hardcores and oh you shouldn't play this game because that's casual bullshit do you feel that that's a factor now with regards to Kind of, kind of creating a divisiveness in gaming. I mean, I've seen it with E3, you know, with a lot of the Connect stuff they've been talking about. And people are like, oh, you know, that's some casual shit, man. And where's this, that, and the third? And the same thing with even the Wii, you know, the new Wii or the Wii U. With that type of feedback, do you feel that's a factor now? I think it is a factor a little bit. But I think the problem with it is, rather than people fighting over, you know, casual hardcore, I think the major thing, especially with E3 and, you know, like you mentioned, the Connect is a lot of this stuff is getting tacked on to games that we don't want it to be on. For instance, they announced Mass Effect is going to have the Connect. And while, you know, maybe that could be cool, I don't I don't see that really being something that should be there. And it seems to the people like me who and, and all the other hardcore gamers who are playing these games and, and just like our controller experience, it feels like they're invading upon this now. Right. Where they could they could still, you know, make these games and, and be separate from us, but don't tack something on into my domain and then try to say that now you have a hardcore. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain that I'm making it, but um. You get what I'm saying. It's just I, it, there's a, an invasion of, of boundaries, well, and we don't want them there. Oh no, I, I understand a hundred percent, and I think that the that the issue is, and and you know you may agree or, or or not, the is the fact that when these guys release new technology, whether it's the Connect or the Wii or, or PSP or whatever, 
it's a matter that they have to try and squeeze every brand for what it's worth into this technology. And sometimes the results are good, and sometimes they're not. But what's happening is that you're getting a lot of people that just aren't enjoying that experience because of that additional add-on, and games are suffering for it. That's definitely true. And another another major thing is that I think people don't seem to understand right away is you know, while they're doing this, and, and yes, it could be invasive on people's games, and, and a lot of people don't really, you know, a lot of people don't really enjoy that. You got to look at the connect. Like, I mean, it's sold a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of, they sold a, a bunch of them, and there wasn't a lot of games, you know what I mean? So, you know, now they're trying to stake their claim. Like, listen, we made this hardware. It sold a lot. Like, let's actually put forward some stuff for it. Same thing with Move, uh, 3D gaming, same thing with the Wii. And, and the the problem with it is, like, yes, while they're trying to bring us games and all that stuff for this hardware, they're kind of dividing their audience while trying to bring them together, if if that makes any sense. No, I, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from because what happens is they're creating all these wonderful platforms. Like, the Connect is great. I actually had purchased one, and I had it here, and I realized, shit, I don't have enough space for it. But the, the execution... Same problem. Yeah, exactly. The execution was cool. You know, being able to navigate the menus with your hand was fun. The, the 3D skeleton, it, it was so innovative and so immersive. But I said to myself... Sometimes you just want to come home, sit on your couch or your bed or your chair, and play a game. And I think that forcing that into so many titles sometimes is, is just over oversaturation. Like, think about this. Like, you play Call of Duty. You come home. You want to sit down, throw on your headset, talk to your boys, shoot some people. You don't want to stand up in front of a Kinect, pretend to walk, you know, put your hand in a pistol motion, stay like that for four or five hours it's going to become exhausting and it's just going to end up ruining an experience that can be easily enjoyed just casually as a, with a controller sitting down you know well definitely and, and and another thing is like now i mean I, i've you know they showed a lot of stuff at e3 where they introduced like you know you don't have to stand all the time when you're playing this we do have games that interact with the connect where you can sit down and they also showed connect fun labs which, you know, they're introducing finger tracking and being able to put real-life objects in your in your console and having them actually pop up in with your avatar and stuff like that. You know, that helps. But again, it, how, how, how much, you know, how much Mass Effect am I going to play where I'm shouting at my characters to give orders or I'm actually making hand gestures and things like that? Like, like you said, you know, there's only so much that I want to do with that thing where I actually want to move around. Sometimes I just want to sit on my ass and just just relax and play a game or just, you know, immerse myself into it without actually being in it. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a huge issue and there it's also a detriment because it's almost like they want people to be active and then they want people to be social, but then you force all these other things on there that kind of they they kind of erase what they're trying to do. It's like okay, we're creating the connect. We want you to be active. You know, we want you to be, be interactive with it. But the games that are coming out, most of them are just real poor. Like it's like unless you got some first party titles or some real hardcore third party titles, a lot of them end up just being garbage. The same thing happened with the Wii. The Wii had so much innovation and so much stuff behind it. And then you go to your local Best Buy or your local GameStop, and the shelves are full of 
But, you know, I like to always say chicken shoot or iron <laughs> chef or, or, you know, cats or dogs or raising penguins or something. Or battle for bikini bottom SpongeBob. Like. Yeah, like, like real terrible stuff. And then what ends up happening is you end up just associating shitty stuff like that with consoles that actually have solid titles, but it's because they cram it down your throat so much that you, you have nothing else to look at but that. Definitely. And yeah, like one other thing too, like I, I'm kind of glad with this morning's announcement of the Wii U, a lot of people were thrown off and, and actually a lot of people from what I can understand didn't really like what they saw. And I kind of disagree with those people because I'm kind of glad that number one, they're taking an approach to kind of cater to the Wii while also kind of, you know, let's move into the hardcore space. Yes, we do still we do still implement motion control. You still can use this, but this isn't what we're focusing on. You know what I mean? This is what we're going to focus on. We're going to bring these guys over here. We're going to have a controller that you can now say, hey, you want to watch TV? Go ahead. I'm going to play this on my remote. Like, that's bonkers to me. Like, that remote alone just blew my mind. And it kind of seems to me like they're trying to invade the tablet space, the iPad space. Well, you know, Which, that's a good move. And, and you mentioning that, and, it, and it's actually great because that 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 made that made it easy to segue into that. Nintendo, in watching their announcement today, I've I've, I've got to give my assessment on E3 as a whole. E3, from from what I've always been told, is you know the the party to end all parties. You know, it's it's the coming out party for consoles, for developers, for new IPs, for for technological advancements in the gaming space, but. For some reason, in watching E3 this year, maybe because this is the first year I've sat down and watched it like broadcast on television, it almost felt like a giant dental convention. You ever <laughs> see those, those suit and tie conventions where it's just really awkward and people are just shuffling about and guys are trying to give like really funny presentations with really lame wordplay to sell you on something as opposed to just letting the items sell themselves? That almost, uh, that's what I felt E3 at least at this point was to me it almost felt like just a like 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 just a giant suitcase convention like hey you know come and check this out and you know check out this controller that massages your feet or or et cetera et cetera it didn't feel like it was as fun it felt a little a little stuffy if you get what i'm saying i totally do and and a lot of people have been talking about this cuz i mean i i listen to everything i i listen to tons of other gaming podcasts and I'm just friends with tons of people in the industry over the over the course that, you know, a little bit over the year that we've been doing CVP. So a lot of the people that have been thinking the way that you're thinking, like, I totally understand because it's, you know, especially myself, I, I'm in your kind of position. I look at it from more of a fan's perspective in a way where I'm like, man, what are they going to announce? I want to hear about Grand Theft Auto. You know, I want to hear about the blowout thing that's going to come out and really just blow my mind. But. That's you it. know, even even though they didn't do that this year, I still think they made really good headway. And I don't expect like after watching it over all these courses, like I've been watching E3s for like the last five years and I kind of don't expect them to do that every year anymore. Like if they did, I mean, it would be amazing. But at the same time, there's only so much that they could do within E3. And I'm sure there's going to be tons more announcements within the coming days and 
within the rest of the year. I mean, we still got plenty of time in the year with all the crazy games that have already been announced. Like, what more can anybody ask for? 2011 seems like it's just claustrophobic right now. No, and 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 I see exactly where you're coming from. But when when I look at it, I like I watched, like I said before we started recording, I watched Apple's conference and I watched E3 at the same time. And just like I said, just the, the level of not not so much professionalism, but just presentation. Like you see a lot of these guys that are presenting these games that I'm not saying have never presented them before, but they come up and they try to be cute and funny. It's like, what happens to just you walking up, walking up and just going, hey, look, we made this kick-ass game. It's going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. Here's the demo. Check it out. And if you want to play a copy, it'll be in the back. Why are you, are you, are you at all, like, I, I, I don't know if this, if this guy in particular is who you're talking about, but are you at all mentioning Mr. Caffeine from the Ubisoft press conference? I am, I am, I am mentioning Mr. Douche Nozzle himself, Mr. <laughs> and I, I want to point him out because while I understand that the gaming community, you know, we're, we're kind of a, a of a, not, I don't want to say that we're, all, more cool than any other fan base, but we're we're pretty mellow. We're pretty accepting of of all the weird stuff, the cosplay, all the crazy idiosyncrasies. I equate the gaming community always to the comic book community because it's on that same parallel. We all love certain characters. We all love certain franchises. It's just the way it is. But there's a level of hackiness that I saw yesterday that just I just felt embarrassed as a gamer because I said to myself, "This is the shit." that mainstream media embarrasses us about definitely like i can't get enough of it like he, he that guy actually made me hate wayne's world and that was like one of my favorite movies <laughs> so I, I mean at the same time too like i i look at it like this as well 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 those people they really really bring down events and they kind of make the gaming industry seem silly you got to give them credit for at least going up there and at least trying to attempt to be somewhat funny. Like, you know, I, I would love for them to just come out and be like Assassin's Creed Revelations here and just throw it on the screen. Yeah. But at the same time, they have to add some kind of showmanship to it or something, some kind of humor where that guy definitely didn't succeed whatsoever. But, you know, at least they gave it a shot. I think last year was better with... uh I don't even remember the guy's name from uh, some some show about uh, internet clips or something like that. I keep forgetting his name. Tosh Tosh Point oh? No, 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 no. He, it's similar to that, but I I always forget this guy's name. Blonde haired cat. Uh, it's on. I think it's on the E channel. Oh, uh, the guy from the soup. That's uh, yes. That's my boy. I went to see him. Joe McHale. Yes, Joe McHale did that same press conference last year. He did it way better. I wish they would have brought him back. You know, a lot of people complained about it with Joe McHale's laser tag. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, th- I think he definitely did a way better job. And I-, I do give Mr. Caffeine some kind of credit for at least going up there and keeping up the, the weird performance that he did, even though he was he was just terrible. <laughs> oh, my-, my big gripe with Mr. Caffeine and-, and just that in general is like I-, I-, I love comedy. I love going out and cutting up and-, and-, and doing that. But there's a way to do it where when you realize that people that you're getting more groans than anything, just wrap it up. And don't, don't, don't fuck it up. Not only that, but E3's gotten to a point where there are so many celebrities, there's so many comedians, there's so many people in pop culture that are, that are self-professed gamers that you can get somebody to come out there like a Joe McHale or, you know, 
or a Joe Rogan or, 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 or you know, uh, a Jamie Foxx or something like that, where you can get them out there and, and have them do something where it's funny, but it works. It just felt very awkward, very contrived, and Definitely. That, that added to what I was saying with the stuffiness, because E3 this year was trying to be real ultra-serious. You know that they cracked down on all the smaller sites attending, and they just wanted to be real hardcore with it and be like, look, you know, this is a professional event, this is an industry event, and we're going to announce all this cool shit, and we want you guys to enjoy it, and then we want you guys to get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, like that, like it's point A, point B, point C, and we're done. And that guy came in, and he was just like, yeah, we're going to come out and have a good time, and we're winning, and we're going to get fucked up, and it's just like, dude, it's not working. Yeah, he was on a whole nother level, but at the same time, again, like I said, you know, it's good to at least see people try and I definitely agree with you. Like, there was just a point where people were like, all right, like, we get it. Wayne's World, it's it's a funny movie. Don't make me not want to, you know, don't make me throw out my Blu-ray. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. And, you know, just, just a whole bunch of stuff along there. There was tons of points of, of E3 that, you know, we could probably both mention where it just seemed real contrived and stuff like that. The one thing that I do want to mention was, you know, during, it, well, in between you know the microsoft and the ps3 press conference i think that was the stuffiest time to pull this stuff off like maybe during one of those would have been good not the ps3 maybe more the microsoft than anything but during that like everybody was anticipating like what's ps3 gonna do and everybody was kind of on their toes so to put that in the middle yeah i don't know i just think they they did a wrong move maybe they should have did that after ps3 to I don't know, just kind of end the night off on a light note. but to Take the edge off. That's that's one thing, and I agree, to, definitely to take the edge off, to pace it accordingly. And that was another thing, too. I mean, watching this and watching all the coverage, like, I, I voice my displeasure for, for G4 on numerous occasions because I feel that they're hacky, they're over the top, and they make us look like complete assholes. But yeah. in this particular instance, they actually covered it, the event, the way it was meant to be covered. I saw you know, G4 reporters going out and trying to get information and trying to educate gamers. And I, I felt a, a breath of fresh air. But what disturbed me, and, and and this is leading up to this, is just the amount of, of, of phony enthusiasm. Like, hey, we're announcing a Zelda gold controller. Yeah! All right! Yeah! Fist bump! And I'm like, it's a fucking controller. Are you kidding me? You know, like, like, like I understand that you're there. And it's like, it's like, don't kid yourselves. It's like, from Microsoft, everybody's like, oh, it's Halo. It's Halo 1. Holy shit, it's so great. And I'm like, it's Halo 1. Stop it. I mean, even though, like, even on that note, though, like, yeah, a lot of people were saying, whoa, it's Halo 1. But just the way that they showed it, yeah. like, just a trailer in the middle of the press conference, like, that game. I mean, even if you, you just are saying, like, hey, it's just Halo 1, like. They could have made a bigger deal than that. I mean, it's the tenth, ten years of Halo, and that's how you're going to present that shit? That, that definitely bugged me out. And also the fact that, you know, Halo 3 was all about finishing the fight, and, you know, it, it was closing out. And then they go, we're going to do Halo 4. And, it's and not, even, not only that, but then they say it's going to be a new trilogy. How does that even make sense? <laughs> that make Very sense? good. 
Like, why don't they name it something else instead of Halo 4? Like, let's go total Halo Master Chief Collection or something. That's it. Or, or you know, the Master, Halo, the Master Chief Chronicles or something extra, something crazy. Or, or, you know, Halo Covenant Conquest. Like, something that differentiates it so that you say, all right, this is a new trilogy. Maybe you want to do it based on the books. Maybe you want to go in that route. But don't just tell people, hey, this is the third one and we're done. And then come out and go, damn. It's like... Yeah, we need some more money to swim in. Oh, yeah, let's dig out Master Chief for a fourth installment. I just felt that that was, uh, again, it almost, it didn't scream desperation, but it just screamed going back to the well once too often. I totally feel like it also screamed out annual franchise. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, maybe a lot of people didn't see that, and a lot of people would disagree with me that they might be making all three of these next games on 360, just because... You know, the console cycle, while they might be going for the 10-year lifespan and stuff like that, like maybe they'll do four on 360 and then go five and six on the whatever the next console is going to be. I can see them trying to compete with Call of Duty on an annual basis. I agree. You know? and, and how long has it been since they've actually put out Master Chief Halo? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure they've been working on this for God knows how long. It, it, it's, 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 it looks like there was a lot of detail put into it, but, but again... It, at that point, what you were saying with becoming an annual franchise, it's like, do you really want to do that? Because the whole thing about Halo is when you announce Halo, it's like the world stops yeah. because it's huge. But it's 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 become it's like way to go. We have a first person shooter Madden where we're going to see the shit every year and you're not going to make any enhancements. You know, you put a development cycle in there and you take Master Chief off the shelves, you build anticipation, you get your crowd salivating with excitement, and then, boom, you drop it on them. Not, oh, yeah, here's Halo 4, and next year we'll get Halo 5, and the year after that you'll get Halo 6, because guess what? Much like Madden, much like Call of Duty, that jewel eventually loses its luster, and people stop giving a shit. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, not, not even to keep the whole Halo thing going on, but, you know, they're going to compete with Call of Duty. That's an obvious one. The, you, like honestly, if they really were gonna bring this to the next generation of consoles, I'm pretty sure that we would have heard something about the next generation of consoles. And even if they didn't, like let's say that they didn't announce it was a trilogy, and they just announced Halo Four, it did leak really early, like way before the conference even started. Like if you were on it like that and you were watching the conference right when it happened, you already knew Halo Four was coming out. That's right. Because Microsoft slipped up and leaked their own information. So they, the announcement wasn't what it should have been. Because if they didn't leak it, I mean, everybody would have been shitting bricks. But for the people that knew it was coming, it was just like, eh. It's like, oh, great, Halo 4, yay, next. I, I knew it. <laughs> Heard it this morning. Well, here's here's something that, that and, and I've been hearing different things, and I wanted to, to bring it to you just because, you know, we, we have similar views, and we're, we're kind of out there with regards to getting information to, to our listeners and our respective audiences. I've I've always felt, and I mentioned this to Hip Hop Gamer when he stopped on the show, I, I said to him, I'm like, dude, Sony has always been proud of its hardware, but every time they put out hardware, there's huge gaps in terms of putting out a quality product. Now, the PS Vita looks beautiful. It's, it's fantastic, but do you feel that if they don't come out with a strong lineup and come out hard, that they're just going to be another paperweight. 
I even if they do come out with a strong lineup, I think they're going to be a paperweight anyway. I automatically know I'm going to get one because I I want a good handheld console, and I think it's going to be one. But at the same time, they're they're doing to the PS Vita what they did to the PSV to the PSP and the PSP Go, where they're saying they're like, well, here's PS3 content that we're going to put on this handheld, but wait till the next console comes out. <laughs> and none of that stuff is going to be on here, and this will still be living on, and no one's ever going to touch this again, except for Japanese RPGs and a bunch of crazy random bullshit that nobody's ever going to play. It's going to be the same thing. Well, I, I just feel, and and you bring up an interesting point with me, you know, I uh, one, of, one of our guys, he bought the 3DS, and I said to him, I said, dude, you're my boy, but you got a $250 paperweight. You bought the shit to play Street Fighter 4, which you already own. It's like Nintendo just played you. Nintendo just fucked you like they fucked everybody else by saying, hey, check out this really cool shit. It's been, you know, three months since the 3DS came out, and there's been absolutely jack shit for it. Well, even, and and that kind of brings me back to my point about the PS Vita. I mean, even if that that, that console had a strong lineup, like, do you really think it would have still did good? I mean, the DS does good regardless without any of that stuff. So honestly, if you were going to really shoot for a Nintendo handheld, I don't, like, unless you're, you really want that 3D, I don't see any reason to get that system. Like, you could just go get the DS and get the same content. Well, I, I said on air a couple of weeks back, I said, if I wanted a 3D-induced headache, I'd go to a movie theater and have a homeless guy hit me with a bottle. <laughs> because, because that's what it is. You're pl- you're paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a gimmick, and, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's the gimmick that that people are really going to with the uh, with the 3ds. That's why I at least think NGP has a leg up. You know, I mean, they do have some kind of gimmicks where it's like, look at this PlayStation craziness that's going to be on here, but you can also play it on your PS3 and keep the save going. Like, you know, that's kind of stupid, but. I mean, one good thing that they did mention about it, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't say was coming to PS3, was cross-game chat. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that, but the the online component for the PS3, it's like I said, PS3 is a really attractive hooker with chlamydia. In other words, (laughs) it's really pretty to look at, but on the inside, you don't get the same shit you'd get from a normal chick. And that's how I look at the PS3 because it's like, yeah, you know, all this hardware and it plays Blu-rays and, you know, it can heat up TV dinners and do all this shit. But, you know, you can't get lobbies for certain games. You can't do cross-game chat. You can't, you know, all these advancements. And I, and I, and I hear all the people that come to me and they're like, yeah, Rich, but, you know, it's free. And I'm like, no, fuck that. You're supposed to be the next generation of a console. Give me next generation shit. Like, honestly, people tell me that all the time, too. They're like, oh, well, it's a free service. Like, especially when the network went down, that was when I kept hearing it. Well, you don't pay for it, so why do you care? I still do care, because regardless whether I'm paying for it or not, which I'd probably rather pay for it if I knew I was going to get better service out of it, I I still want to know that my information is safe, that I that I know I have a steady service, you know. And especially now, in this day and age, the way the Internet works, I mean, you can never be too sure, but... You know, if I'm putting down that dollar, that gives me some kind of an incentive. Like, you know, I know I paid for this, so I better be getting the best out of this. Yeah. If not, if it's free, it's kind of like you're just leaving it up to them. And and you know what? Back to your analogy real quick. I kind of think of it more as like a stripper with one leg. 
Because <laughs> it's like it, it's she's attractive, but she's missing something. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I really get bugged out by the fact that they sit there and... Wow, do I have an echo? What the fuck yeah, is that? Was I, um, I said to them, you know, when he was on, I told him, like, dude, look, PSP was real pretty, and when it dropped, you know, their lineup was not that solid. Then you go into the now, and their lineup is really good now. Like, I buy more games now on the PS3 because for a while it was collecting dust just because the online component on the 360 was better. But when I wanted a single-player game, I'd get it on the PS3 because graphically it was it was a kick-ass system. Now it's like, you know, I pay for the PSP pl- the PSN Plus, and when the system went down, I said, okay. So when I wasn't paying for the shit, you know, I could have kept my mouth shut. But now I'm paying for the shit. And my information is in, you know, so, some some Yakuza stronghold being sold to some Nigerian scammers. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's bitching about it. And my biggest gripe was just the fact that, again, you're an advanced console. Why is your security dog shit? Definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, that's that's what I don't understand, like, about a lot of the announcements with the Vita. Like, you know, they're promising a lot of stuff. But are they promising a better network and stronger security? Like, awesome, you have 3G, so my information can get hacked all the time? For, or I can have a stronger connection to these hackers? Like, why Why are you not explaining what you're going to do to, you know, really pound home the fact that I don't have to worry about this anymore? Or at least I don't have to worry about my information getting stolen, let alone the fact that the network's going to go down. That shit can happen at any time. You know, I, I expect it to happen again, just with what's happened with Xbox and this. It, it's it's inevitable now, but I, at least I don't have to worry about people stealing my, my, you know, God forbid I put a credit card on there. You know, that shit is just ridiculous. And I, I'm really surprised at the stuff that they did announce and not put on the PS3. It's not that they said that they didn't they weren't going to put cross game chat, but they didn't make sure that they announced it, which. Leaves me kind of iffy to wonder if that's ever going to come. Because that seems like a major component in gaming nowadays. Especially on the PS3. Like, you know, I don't want to be playing Demon Souls. And I want to invite my friend. He's playing Madden. I got to call him at his house. Or send him a text message. Like, that's bullshit. I should be able to just, hey, come in and chat with me real quick while we're doing this. So we can set up the game. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's 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 the thing. It's like you're you're supposed to be next generation. You're supposed to be the next level. It's like I said, when you tout the future, when you go out there and you talk this shit that you're the next gen for for gamers, then use next gen shit. Like, why is it that a company that is is hardcore into gaming is getting clowned by a software company that hasn't been in gaming as long, namely Microsoft? You know, because Sony Sony had the PS1, you had the PS2, now you got the PS3. Xbox had, you know, black Xbox 360. Sony out-consoles them by one console. So you'd think that they would see what the competition is doing and say, fuck, we could do that better. Totally. And, and, and I mean, one, one of the other major things, too, is, is kind of taking into consideration, like, the, like I guess before... PS3 kind of initially started their network. Like Xbox came out right away with the th- like even on the original Xbox and started Xbox Live. Right. So you know they did have a head start there. But even if like 
just like you said, like, you know, they couldn't catch up to that a lot faster. They were really late <laughs> with the they PSN. Were late the party. They were late to the party with the PSN, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, again, beautiful console. Yeah, the console can do help with medical research. It, it's a component in Skynet. But you know what I want to do? I want to play games and talk shit with my friends while they play their games. Can you give me that? No, you can't. You can give me beautiful games. Great. But... That extra level that, you know, that whole aspect of, of social gaming, they drop the ball on. Like, they're too busy telling you, look, it's a shiny black box that does 3D and all this great shit. And that's fine, but like you said, I shouldn't have to text somebody to set up a game. You know what, too, and, and speaking on the 3D stuff, I'll give them one thing. Like, I, I really, you could kind of tell, like, especially during the whole Jack Tretton speech, like, he was really upset. <laughs> like by the whole outage so them kind of you know putting the price point on the vita for 250 and then announcing that whole tv bundle with resistance i mean even if resistance sucks it's still good good price a 24 inch tv 3d with hdmi cables a game you know the works a uh, pair of 3d glasses and then the uh the announcement that they made on the tv where it's going to have with while you're wearing your glasses on split screen, instead of it being a split screen image on your television, you actually get two separate images in your glasses. Like that blew my fucking mind. I was like, how are they going to do that? I have to see this now. Oh, so, I mean, that's cool. And it's a good way to introduce this to more people at a lower price point for only 500 bucks. But, you know, back to what we were saying, it's like some people just don't want that shit. I mean, I know I don't really give a shit about 3D while that's cool and it's cheap. I, I still don't see myself buying that. I think I think had they gone a level where and and this is just me throwing something out there. If they would have said, "Yo, we're gonna do a 3D TV. We're also gonna do it in you know 24 and 40 inches." Because think about it, you're gonna get a 24 inch TV. Everybody likes the big screen. Everybody wants you know. You could have done a 40 or a 42, and you could have priced it competitively. You could have said, "Hey, we'll give you a 42 inch screen for for six hundred dollars." But here's the, here's the kicker. Why not build the the PS3 into the television? Or something of that nature. You know, not maybe if not that, like something else, but like That would have blown people's minds because think about it. You just go, you're like, "Yeah, I want to go. I'm on the fence about a PS3, but I need a TV. Fuck it, I'll go buy this." You already watch Blu-rays on your PS3, so why not buy something like that? But you know, price it competitively enough where people can actually feel comfortable dropping dough on it. That would be I, mean, I, I mean, I'm sure they could have put out something for like 800 bucks with the 24-inch TV, with a PS3 built in, with the glasses, with the game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or even $1,000 like with a move and the whole shebang-a-bang. Like, I mean, I, that's even a good deal, of all things considered, with the console built in. But, like, they just, they, I, I feel like they just fell off their mark. And throughout the whole press conference, including all that stuff, like, they didn't announce any big titles nope. they just blinded you with hardware like tons of it tons of hardware like in your face look the vita is great i can't wait to play it because i'm a huge huge handheld gamer i got a psp go it failed me miserably i want this one i want to see what it's going to do i want dual analog sticks on my handheld at the same time where the fuck is grand theft auto where was Tra where was twisted metal that's their exclusive game being shown at E3, and it wasn't even in their press conference? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and this is the one thing I can say. I, I, don't, I don't play handhelds a lot, 
and I'll tell you why. I commute to work. I drive. And when I come home, I want to sit in front of my TV with a controller in my hand. I don't want to be crunched over staring at this little screen, which for, for me, this is where I feel that, like, this is one reason why Nintendo's successful in, ha- in the handheld gaming space. You play these games, but they're, they're short enough where you can play the game, enjoy it, and kind of set it down and move away. When you give me a game like Uncharted, yeah, it's great, it's Uncharted, the graphics are beautiful, but it's the amount of detail and complexity in Uncharted with you hunched over playing it. You know what I mean? Like, like for that, I'll just turn on my PS3 and play it. And now even even Nintendo is getting into that space where they're saying, well, now we have legitimately good games that are going to be longer, you know, like in- reintroducing Star Fox, uh, Super Mario 3D, or whatever the hell they're going to name that, because that's definitely probably not the title. You know, all these new games, Kid Icarus and stuff like that, is coming into that space where they're saying, you know, yeah, we still do have these quick, you know, pick them up, put them down games, but now we're going to get into something with a little bit of longevity, a little bit of life. And, and, I think I think one of the reasons why Apple is creeping up is because you can get in there and play those games real quick. You know, you can play an hour or two at, or, or three hours and beat a game. And, you know, it's great. The price points are, are there. But I just I'm a little bit perplexed when the Vita comes out. Somebody's got to pay forty dollars or forty five dollars for Uncharted to when they can have a better Uncharted experience by just paying twenty dollars more and playing it on their big screen TV. Definitely. I think the only thing that they do have an advantage in is, you know, some of the games, like they show that game Ruin, and while, you know, that kind of just pretty much is a rip-off of Torchlight, uh, it's still kind of cool that you can have the back-and-forth compatibility with the PlayStation with a game like that, you know, where you initially can't get it on the PS3, only on the Vita, but now you can play both with that one uh, initial purchase. And also, I'm sure they're going to have some kind of, like, crazy ass social media thing and all this stuff that's going to kind of go back and forth but you know either either way you look at it no matter what it's still just some shit <laughs> some shit hardware and i'm just still again surprised that there wasn't any big announcements at any of these you know halo 4 didn't even do it so well and, on one last note too i don't know if you picked up portal 2 for the ps3 but what what the fuck happened to the steam integration like, when are they going to talk about that? Where's all the new Steam games coming to PS3? That's one thing that I was I was going to mention to you. They go and they come out and they go, yeah, we're, we're doing 3G, and it's an exclusive partnership with AT&T. And I'm like, it's an exclusive p- partnership with AT&T. You do realize their network is dog shit, right? And, 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 and I mean, if you watch the press conference, like, there was, like, a, like a loud, like, maybe 10-minute just span of, like, Boos and just grunts and groans of just people really pissed off, like boo, ATC, fuck you. Like they were just so mad about that. But I mean, you know, at the same time, at least 3G is there. You know, while the while the the thing sucks, I mean, it's not it's not like you have to get it. So that's another good thing. And the price is hopefully gonna be good monthly. Because right now, just the hardware alone is pretty good on price. Like, they're pretty competitive with the 3DS. I mean, just the Wi-Fi alone, that's the main focus. That's exactly how much the 3DS costs right now. And that system is clearly better. Like, the only thing that they could have did to top that is add 3D. (laughs) That's it. 
I think that what they, me personally, they could have done to 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 have Vita be on par with the 3DS from that level was why not just have your own network like Nintendo does? You don't need you know AT and T or Verizon. It's like here you go, here's your shit. Well, that's true, but then again, like Nintendo doesn't necessarily have like a constant. They don't have 3G. Like they don't have that. So. I mean, I totally get it. Like, yeah, they should definitely do something where they're kind of doing that with the Wi-Fi version. But, you know, people want to play while, you know, they're out and about when they're not near Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? And and if if I could play on a road trip or some shit like that or or I don't know, like, God forbid, well, I'm, you know, you can't play on a fucking airplane. That'd be crazy. But if, God forbid, the situation ever occurred where you could do that, that would be fucking awesome. But if there's a guy sitting in the in the first class <laughs> and you're in coach and now you guys are playing Battlefield together, you know what I mean? Just uh, you know, that's a hypothetical situation. But at the same time, like something like that with 3G, that's kind of good for a handheld. But I don't want to keep stressing the PS Vita. We might as well just stroll into another subject of E3 because it was huge this year, even though they didn't announce too much. There were still many announcements. Well, the the other thing I wanted I wanted to go into, and it's funny you said stroll was into into was into the Wii U, and I, I want to actually mention that for a few reasons. I've always said that Apple is silently plotting to take out Sony on the portable space to solidify itself as a, as the second handheld platform. I've always said it just because Apple is real strategic and they creep in silence. You know what I mean? Like they come and they're like, yeah, you can play games. And yeah, you can get achievements, and yeah, you can share that with your friends, just real subtle. Like, not putting it out there exclusively in your face, but but real quietly going out there. And then you look at games like Infinity Blade, and just some of the games that are graphically fantastic games, and it's like, wow, I'm playing this on my phone. But, like, think about that. It's For me, my, my big concern with Nintendo is that, yeah, they came out with the, with the Wii U, and it's like, yeah, you got this beautiful tablet, and you can play in front of it, and we got this this next-generation console, but my biggest concern is that all the shit they showed you was shit we've already played. And and then, you know, also the point on that, like a lot of the things, third-party stuff that they announced that's going to be on this Wii U is coming out six months before this, or, you know, they didn't give a, a they didn't slate a date, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be before the end of the fiscal year, if not, like, right after. So if it's not next March, it'll be, like, a, maybe a month or two after. All the games that they announced, Batman Arkham City, Metro Last Sight, they're coming out this year. They're going to be six months before that even comes out. So what kind of crazy bastard do you have to be to say, I'm going to wait. I don't want to play Arkham City right now. I want to wait for Nintendo's system. Then I'll play it. Six months later, you're going to have the whole game spoiled for you by then. Unless they have some type of exclusive thing that they're going to do with that controller that you can't get anywhere else but Nintendo with that controller. They have no reason to put those games out. They might as well just announce a whole bunch of new games. Well, that was the thing, too. It's like, in watching it, I said to myself, you know, congratulations, guys. You got this new great thing. And, you know, you guys, as always, try to break the norm and do something cool and different. And that's fine, and I applaud you guys for it. But it's like Mario Kart. All right, great, thanks. Another Mario. Great. You know, what? oh, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, let's dig out some shit that nobody's played in, like, ten years. Like, I just felt that there wasn't something that really blew your mind. Like, they were like, oh, look at Smash Brothers. And I'm like, okay, this is all... Like, where were 
titles that were moving the, the, the console race forward. Like, like I would have liked to see some crazy shit like a first, like a historic Sonic and Mario platforming game together. Like, imagine that. Like, I, I, I see that's that's one of the things that that no one did. You know, nobody really introduced an astonishing new IP. I think the only people that did, and I don't, I, I, I mean, I think I remember hearing that this is an Xbox 360 exclusive, but um, that Kingdoms of Amular: The Reckoning, like for an RPG. That's going to be like 100 plus hours, third person, fast Devil May Cry style fighting, Todd McFarlane, all these people who worked on the Elder Scrolls series. Like that game was the only game that I found interesting and probably one of the only new IPs that they've mentioned at all. You know, everything else was reiterations of first party titles or third party titles that are either, you know, uh, Ghost Recon and now we're going to do ghost free con online <laughs> like oh you're right and and that and that to me just screamed that they're at a standstill and and it's funny because i i was saying you know to, to, to a couple of people that it's like look man sony nintendo and microsoft like microsoft is enjoying being you know like like i said nintendo enjoys being number one in the portable in the portable space but you know what? Their ass is showing. Like, they've gotten too comfortable at being number one. Microsoft on the console front has gotten too comfortable at being, you know, kind of at the top of the console race. And what's happening is these other guys are really going out of their way to, to get to that number one spot, but they're just going about it wrong. It's like, see what your competition is doing, innovate it, improve it, make it your own, and then put out compelling and innovative content and you'll be number one. And, you know, and just like you said, nobody's doing that. And it's it's getting to a point where, like, you know, eventually within the coming few years, these next generation systems are going to come out. Yep. You know what I mean? And while they're announcing the Wii U, which is going to fall on its face just because of the fact that why didn't they wait? You know, they, they announced so much stuff for this, too, where... You know, um, Game Trails TV, Jeff Keighley was, was asking continuously, is it going to be Blu-ray? Is it going to be Blu-ray? And all of a sudden, he, uh, Reggie, uh, I always forget his last name. Um, Reggie just says, oh, well, we're going to have proprietary, uh, software that does that. Oh, wait a <laughs> So you're telling me that you're going to have some crazy ass Nintendo disc cartridge thingy? That's gonna have HD graphics. There's no way that these graphics are gonna slate the specs that you guys have been leaking out to the to the journalists and stuff like that. Talking about it's gonna be better than both of these systems. Are you out of your fucking mind? No way. No way. I'm sorry. Blu-ray is on top right now, and it's only innovating into new things. Even even Xbox right now is falling on their faces because they don't have that, and they don't have the space. That Blu-ray does. So, you know, you release a game like Mass Effect 3, that shit is on, like, seven discs. They're going to put Blu-ray in a, in a, in a cartridge. Like yeah, a, or they're gonna, they'll put a Blu-ray disc in a cartridge and call it proprietary. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's how I see it, because you the way you have to look at it where... that That's where I like what PS3 does, because they'll tell you to your face, like, hey, guess what? This game only has, you know, 40 gigs of Blu-ray on a, on a 50-gig disc. That means that there's 10 gigs of just nothing. Like, they re- like they really put it out there. Like, hey, guess what? This game is only built with 30 gigs of Blu-ray space. Like, I've seen them do it in interviews where they're like, yeah, you see all these beautiful visuals? 30 gigs of Blu-ray. 
some of them aren't even that much. Like some of them are really drastically low. Like, hey, here's ten gigs. Yep. Like, like how how does Nintendo and Xbox expect to to be on that level without innovating the the, the storage mediums that are out there? Like that's where it is. Like if Blu-ray is the number one storage medium, then you guys need to start making the shift to that because it'll improve the quality of the product. And you know what? It'll allow your creators to get really crazy. And like you were saying, it allows them to innovate. You know, and, and then again, just just to kind of end off the topic that I was mentioning, you know, with with the whole, you know, the Wii U and the announcements that are very probably soon to come, if not next year, then the year after, of new consoles that are going to be coming out. Honestly, like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like, I don't really see how they could make these systems any better. At least not right now. Like, at least not until they show any, like, crazy, mind-blowing new technology that they've come up with. You know, and then with all the motion control stuff, like, I don't really see them cutting that off anytime soon. Like, this is, like, really only year-old hardware, if that. Like, you know, maybe a half a year old. I don't see them ending that anytime soon. They've invested so much money, and they're making a lot from it, surprisingly. So, are, are they going to do Connect on the new console? Connect 2? Like, where's all this stuff going to go? And now with this Wii U... How how are they going to keep up in that race? Like they kind of just set themselves ten steps back already. Like Wii U's going to come out, then these dudes will come out in two to, in three, four, five years, whatever, and and Wii's going to come. What Nintendo's going to come out with a new console? Hell no. If they do, they're fucking crazy. They just wasted all their money making Wii U. There's there's a and that's exactly what what I was saying with regards to them showing their ass. They're like, yeah, here's all this great stuff. Guess what you the guess what you just did? Microsoft reps, Sony reps, they're going to conveniently wander by your displays and see what you're using and then before you know it, you know, there'll be a PS3 tablet. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. And I mean, even even right now like everybody got to look at it like right now PlayStation Vita, while it's not like a full tablet, I mean, they're kind of even going in that space with the Vita. I mean, they're trying to get at the tablet's neck with all the touch capabilities with the Vita. And the cross console uh, games that they have going on. I mean, that's kind of cool. I'm sure they're going to have a whole bunch of internet browsing and, and media and social media. Like, all that stuff's going to come. So they're still competing with that. But like like you said, you know, right now they're thinking of how they can make a, a fucking tablet on the next console <laughs> with some crazy stuff on it. Like, just because they showed it. On the Wii U, like they kind of, like you said, they're showing their ass, and I, I feel terrible for Nintendo because it's such an amazing company, and you know they've been in the game so long. Like honestly, they just need to stop making hardware. They need to just get with everybody else and put their software on other consoles. I've heard a lot of people mention this. I don't know how many people you've heard or if you've heard anyone mention this, but I think that would be the best bet for Nintendo. You know. As these new consoles come up, the next gens, like, let's just put Mario on the 360 and the PS3. You know how much fucking money they'll make? Oh, yeah. I, I had a buddy of mine that he gave me the craziest idea because he, he writes for the site and he's a, he's a Mac user. He said, imagine if, if Apple turned around and bought Nintendo. Even something like that. Even something that ridiculous. Dude, it would be insane because, you know, the... 
the the integration and the level of, of engagement is already there from both platforms. Imagine that. Or or just you know just in general like. What if the what if just anybody anybody not even just bought out Nintendo but just if they just stopped with the hardware because eventually no matter what type of innovation they do Nintendo is always going to be a step behind just because of the fact like they're very late to the party net um with uh the network capabilities you know they're finally announcing a system that's supposed to because obviously nobody's seen this yet but supposed to be handling you know, internet capabilities and, 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 you know, different different types of gaming situations online. Uh, now, finally, they're going to do that. But, like, you know, so now they perfect it. And these guys already, you know, while they haven't perfected it, they're already ahead of the game because they're, they're, like, waist deep in it. Next console, that's going to be perfected. I'm sorry. It's just going to be. It's going to be a staple. And, and, you know, you got PCs that are way beyond this shit like i just don't i I don't understand where nintendo's trying to go and i i feel bad because i just i just feel like they're gonna just fall off the face of the earth eventually. <laughs> like you're never gonna see any of these games again and i was kind of like i was really anticipating in the beginning of the nintendo press conference when they were talking about zelda i was really waiting for them like i know they didn't announce this but i was waiting for them to be like hey listen this is the last zelda yeah like like i just keep thinking that when 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 the news gets a little tighter, so to speak, they go back to what they know. Like they're not a like they don't take risks. Like yeah, they take risks from a hardware standpoint, and you know what? It's forced innovation across the board. But from a, from a software standpoint, they don't take risks. It's always like, hey, we got Mario. Hey, we got Link. Hey, we got Donkey Kong. Hey, we just dug out Kid Icarus from the cobwebs, and we got him out there now. You know, before you know it, you'll see F Zero back out. Everybody was predicting that game. It's so funny that you mentioned that. Yep. Like, I am surprised, honestly, that they did not show that game on the Wii U because that's one of the titles that they have not dug up yet that I think would be perfect for a next-gen console. Like, I would actually be happy to see F-Zero on a new console rather than fucking Mario Kart that they make every goddamn year. And A 3DS version of F-Zero... You see Captain Falcon flying in your face? Like, I would have been blown away by that. Like, yes, finally, but... Even if they did that, like like you said, I mean they're they're stale with their material, and, and Nintendo's never put out a new IP with it, God knows how long, unless it's something ridiculous like Wii Party. Yeah, they're very gun shy. Like it almost feels like they're they're so entrenched in 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 their first party content that they alienate third party developers. That's why I think third party developers get so pissed off with them. And even now, even now that they're announced, well, that they have announced that third-party developers are coming, it's too little, too late because they're announcing games, like I said, that are coming out this year already. That are going to be six months late to the party. They're also announcing games like none of them are new IPs. Where's the Where's the third-party developer? You know, they they okay, they announced Lego City Stories, but what the fuck is that? What is that? The fa- oh, okay, so we're not going to have Grand Theft Auto. But we'll have this fake Lego Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. Man. On only our console, so you can't get this shitty game anywhere else. And it's sad, you know. It's it, it it's a real unfortunate. And I just think, and and to 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 wrap up the the E3 side of things, I, you know, this is cliched, and you always and you're gonna hear this this week, which is you know who won E3, and I'm not I'm not even gonna hit you with that because it's stupid. But I just want you. I just want to ask you from all the com 
the 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 press that you saw, which company do you feel is going to get the most money out of you? Honestly, this year is very very tough to call because everybody seems to be going the same initial route. While we you you know, that's kind of going to change the game with the whole tablet deal. And they're not really focusing too much on motion control. I don't see that controller selling people the way that maybe a lot of people think. Um, Connect is already making money. So tacked on Connect shit, maybe that'll make more. Sony has a good lineup of exclusives, but at the same time, Still, it's just a couple of exclusives and PlayStation moves. So, like I said, it's so tough to call this year. I I could really only go probably with Microsoft. Okay. While that seems crazy as hell, I I, I only say that because it's it's like they're saying, listen, we know what we got. Let's just say, let's say embellish on this and and everybody t- get what you know is good. You know, this is this is voice command. This is. Uh, finger tracking. This is all this stuff that you already know works, but now we're just going to put it in every single game that you play and every franchise, every Ghost Recon or Tom Clancy game, whatever, is going to have this now. So now it's going to be everywhere. So everybody who has the Connect, who's been complaining, is finally going to get, I guess, what they want, if this is what they want. But and then, and then everybody else who doesn't want that stuff can still play all these games without the Connect. So. Really, they're not taking, they're not losing anything, and if they do gain anything, it'll be more than the other guys. Because not, again, like I said, they're not losing anything. So, PlayStation already lost the fight <laughs> with the whole outage, so I don't really see them coming back too hard after that. And Wii U doesn't come out till next year, so unless they come out with some crazy shit to add on to that controller, I don't see that that system doing that well. Well, here's here's something funny that I, I wanted to mention. And, and that'll that'll add to it. Do you feel that, and Microsoft especially, since you said that they you felt that they were gonna you know get the most dollar out of you, do you feel that Microsoft is slowly and strategically placing itself as just being a not only your console but just your you know your cable box and and basically your home media center? Do you feel that they're making a strong showing with that, you know, with UFC offering exclusive fights, you know, with them offering YouTube and content agreements with with Hulu Plus, do you feel that within probably the next 24 months, you'll pretty much be able to consume at least 85% of your content through your 360 without touching a PC or your cable box? I definitely think you'll be able to consume it on there. Um... I mean, they're already, they've already taken a lot of that step, like, especially with Netflix and Zoom and, and the Xbox Live Marketplace. Like, they, they really, they kind of are ahead of the game with the whole, you know, entertainment. But at the same time, like, the whole TV thing and Hulu Plus, like, I don't really see that going as far as maybe other people do as well. Like I, I, I would rather watch TV on my TV. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't give a shit about getting laggy cable shows on my Xbox when I already pay for cable and I know I'm going to get what I want on. I know I have four HBO channels. You know what I'm, I, I'm trying to say like it, it just seems silly for them to go in the whole TV direction. 
but at the same time, like maybe, just maybe, if they really work at it, maybe that can take them somewhere. But that already, like you said, they have already made their staple as an entertainment console. They're not just for gaming. So that's only going to take them further. I I was going to say also, I like the fact that they're giving you incentive to use that. Like for, for UFC, you know, since we cover a lot of MMA, I found it very impressive that they're willing to allow you to watch fights, choose the fights, and if you choose the, the, the outcomes correctly, you'll be rewarded with Xbox Live points. It almost gave me... Um, a throwback feeling to like one versus a hundred where not only are you successfully allowing your audience to try something new but in the UFC's case they're winning even more so because now they get new people watching mixed martial arts I, I, I definitely think UFC was a really good look for them that was one of the announcements that I was really wowed by um, my only worry is is this going to go the way of ESPN? Because they announced ESPN, and I don't know how many people... I, I, I really don't hear too many people using that on the 360. And and I'm kind of sure that they showed something similar to what they did with UFC, not with calling the fights exactly, but like, you know, you and your friends are watching it, and you're like, oh man, I hope he gets a home run, or something like that. I, I'm pretty sure they tried to do something, but it never came into fruition. So I really just hope they stick to their word you know what I mean? They actually have this content in there, and it's not just a bunch of, like, upcoming fight trailers or promos or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just really don't want it to see it go the way of ESPN. I haven't heard too much good things, and I, it really seems like a like a leg up for UFC and a leg up for, for Microsoft. Like, they could really bank off of that, but... I, I particularly liked when, you know, you could watch Netflix with, um, with your friends, but... What 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 bugged me out, which I really felt that would that we could do at this point, is imagine putting your movie in the theater where I can message you on Xbox Live, go Phil, hey, um, you know I got uh, Ninja Scroll anime, I'm gonna watch it here. You want to watch it? And I can actually share my content with you. Like I think that would be a great advancement because we can we can already watch with our avatars, you know, movies together on Netflix, but you're not giving up your content because what happens is you're putting it in that Microsoft theater. Like, I think that would be a huge advancement where I can say, hey, dude, you know, I'm watching this movie. You want to check it out and watch it with me? Are, are you, uh, but are you talking about straight through Netflix or like maybe like a Zoom purchase type thing? Like if I buy a new hit movie and I want to share it with my friends, they wouldn't have to pay for it or something I just own personally in my house. I think that's something you own personally within reason, where you can have a title and you can put DRM, a safeguard on Xbox Live, or say, I say, hey, man, let's watch the new Transformers, where you're allowed to, to watch it on your console, let's say, five times. And then you have, you know, whatever, 30 days or, or 90 days before you can rewatch that because they don't want you, they don't want you sharing that. But I, I think that would be really innovative, but I don't really see that happening just because... The, that whole that whole workout would be such a complicated thing for them. Like maybe not for us because it kind of seems like we we can already grasp something like that. And I mean, a lot of people already want that. But for for them, like there's so many problems that they would have with that and limitations. You know, crazy ass. Like you probably only be able to watch it once 
with a friend and your friend can only watch 30 minutes of it. And if they want to watch the rest, they got to pay a fee. Like, you know what I mean? And it won't be your own content. It'll be Zoom content. Like, oh. well, no, the only, the only the, my inspiration from that came from, you know, using Apple stuff. Apple has AirPlay. And if you give your, your friends, you know, your, your, your ID or whatever, you can actually share that content with them. So just something like that where maybe you just give a passcode, like, you know, one-time use, and you can invite, you know, up to five people, and then that expires. Like, like something like that, it can be done because Apple is already doing it. And I just think that if you want to do that, it's like we're already doing cross-game chat. Why can't we do cross-game, sh- not sharing of media, but just like, yo, check out this, this, this new Wu-Tang Clan track and be able to play it and have your friend, and like, you know, you can make it like a lobby or something. You have like a boombox playing it. Like see, I mean, I mean, while that sounds good, I just don't see Microsoft doing that because they they look at all the all the dollars and cents. You know what I mean? And if they could squeeze any dollars out of it, they're going to. Yeah, you're you know, right. no matter what it is, if if you're sharing a trailer for or a demo for a video game, then that you couldn't get anywhere else but from your name on Xbox Live, and you manage to be able to give that to somebody else, they're going to charge them for it. That's just how they roll. And I mean, it, it could be revolutionary, and it's already out there, but. Never, never in the shade of hell would they ever do anything like that. I just don't see it. You're right. Just, just from the dollars and cents standpoint, I, you know, I have to agree with that. I just feel that I think from that, from that whole community push, like you know, I like the whole Netflix thing because we've, we've used it for, you know, for the Minority Film Report for the show, where I actually had one of our, our staffers that's in PA. He has Netflix, and I said, Yo, let's watch. Uh, we ended up watching this movie Teeth. And I said, yo, let's watch this movie Teeth. We both watched it. Then I hit him up on Skype and re-recorded it. But it was cool because we were watching. I had my headset on. We were able to clown the movie like on some mystery science type shit. And it was funny just doing that and then recording the show because it felt like you were just like your boys were at your house watching the movie with you and you guys were having a good laugh. And you're just in the theater goofing at the screen or something like that. Like, I mean, I, I, I would love that. And I think that there would be... Awesome if they could pull that off of not just, you know, Netflix, but other things. But like I said, man, they are never, ever going to do that unless they charge some stupid ass amount <laughs> for it. Or unless they're paying extra money on Xbox Live. They'll probably do that, I think, with the UFC because a lot of people like watching fights together. So, you know, they could say, hey, you could buy this fight for, you know, 3,200 Microsoft points and watch it with your friends. Like, they're ha- like I'm sure... That's somewhere in there, and 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 just like w- to, to elaborate on what you were saying, there's gonna be some money that's gotta switch hands. Like it's not just gonna be the UFC telling you, hey, pick these fights. Like they're probably gonna be like, hey, we stream fights on Facebook. Let's stream, you know, preliminary fights on Xbox Live. But you can only access them if you're, you know, gold members or if you pay, you know, sixteen hundred points to watch these fights. I, I totally, I totally could see that with UFC rather than anything else. But you know, it'll it'll probably end up going the way of Netflix. Like as long as you and your buddies are on UFC, you guys can all watch it together. You know, I really don't see that one being a problem. It's just the initial, like, here, take your own movie, or here's here's a recently released movie on Zoom. Like, I don't think that would work. But since UFC is going to be on the 360 now, and they're going to have a whole bunch of fights, I don't really see them restricting people from watching together even if it's a recent fight and you know hopefully it it might go the way of espn and maybe you won't have to pay for it like maybe they'll just make it free depending on the fights you know but (coughs) probably money (laughs) 
right. it just it's kind of it's kind of obvious now with Microsoft, but Microsoft's all about the dollars. But um, yes, they are. They are about them ducats. <laughs> the last the, the last thing to to wrap things up is with um with from now to the holiday season, and I figured I'd ask you just because I everybody's gonna have a different answer. You know, are there any titles that you're that you're super amped for that you know are going to be day one purchases for you? you I have a bunch. Well, what, you know, well, give me give me this. Give me give me your top two titles that you're saying, yo, day one, I, I will be at the store bagging this title. Obviously, Mass Effect Three. I'm I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, and with the exception of Mass Effect One, even though I love the story. The gameplay wasn't there. Mass Effect 2 really cleaned it up for me in terms of an action-adventure RPG, especially with the whole sci-fi thing. That's, you know, 3 can only make it better, and what they showed with a lot of the live demos look great. Um, and obviously, Batman Arkham City. I I am a huge, huge comic book nerd. I mean, I even bought DC Universe online, and to be honest, that game is horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought it just for the comic book characters. So... Batman looks like an amazing game. It's in a universe that I love and I've grown up with. So I really can't say no to either of those games. But just one honorable mention, Dark Souls. If anyone ever has played Demon Souls, it's going to be the sequel. That game is going to be the shit. And it's going to be on all consoles other than the Wii. So I, w- I recommend that to anybody. And if you haven't played Demon Souls... I definitely recommend that if you like RPGs. That is one of the most ridiculous, relentlessly hard, hardcore RPGs. So, oh yeah, definitely check that out. I've had a couple of guys tell me that they're that, that they've had you know nearly nearly broken controllers because of Demon Souls. So I can I can understand that. And much like you, as as a comic nerd, I share uh, a, a huge amount of enthusiasm for Arkham City. Um, the other game that that I would put in there is Darksiders Two. Um, just because as a comic fan and, you know, Joe Maduero's involvement, the enjoyment of the first game, uh, the enthusiasm of the, of the creative team, you know, for, for the two times they stopped on the show, those, those are my two, but much like you, that Arkham City, man, day one. (laughs) Day one, initial, initial day one purchase. If they, if, if there was a way I could get it today, (laughs) I would make it happen because I love that stuff. And you know what? Like the only reason I didn't say Darksiders 2 because honestly, that looks like a dope game. I just, there's so you know, with with even Mass Effect Three and Batman Arkham City, there's still a lot of other games that you know I could sit here and mention all day, but I won't. But t- tons and tons of other games that look amazing. So I just really hope that uh, a lot of these don't don't really upset me. Just turn, just run me the wrong way. Like I get Mass Effect three, and it turns out it's nothing like any game. It's just horrible. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but I hope not, man. Because I feel I feel bad for your co-host when you come on and you voice that amount of displeasure. Because I they already know. Like they, I, I listen. If you don't understand, I played Mass Effect two almost ten times already. Full playthroughs. I'm not talking about run throughs. Everything. Like I beat that shit out of that game. <laughs> so. I have a really deep, deep, deep uh, fan fanboy thing going on with Mass Effect. So, all right, that works for me. Well, um, just to wrap it up, are there you know any shout outs? Anybody you want to acknowledge? 
Definitely shout out to, uh, obviously, first and foremost, shout out to all the fans that listen to CVP and listen to My Take Radio and all these shows. Because without you guys, none of us would be doing what we're doing. Um, you know, shout out to my co-hosts, Dell673, uh, RC Stash, uh, Melly Cat. We hope you come back soon. Um, also shout out to FrontoysGamer.com. Uh, everybody who's handling E3 for, uh, the CVP crew, cause obviously a lot, you know, the main couple of us aren't there. So shout outs to, uh, Reclusive Racer, uh, Shanghai Six. And, uh, shout outs to you for having me on the show. I, it's good talking with you. I'm glad we could finally have this conversation or any to be, you know, to be exact, cause I kind of was upset that I couldn't be there for that episode that you were on. So. Oh, it's not, it's not a problem. And, um, Last but not least, if people wanted to catch up with CVP, uh, they can obviously visit communityvoicepodcast.podbeam.com. But are there any other outlets you want listeners to hit you up at and, you know, any other social media uh, resources that they can keep up with CVP? Definitely. Um, You know, like before, (laughs) I would mention Facebook, but it's really wonky. So uh, social media-wise, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter name is at official underscore CVP. Um, you can also check us out at fronttowardsgamer.com. Uh, that's primarily our main site. You know, that's where we have the forums and everything like that. But, um, yeah, besides that, I mean, you can find me on Xbox Live or PS, uh, PS3. I give out my gamer tag and my PSN ID everywhere I go because I'm not ashamed. Uh, philosophy, uh, Space on Xbox, no space on PS3. And, uh, you guys can hit me up anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm open. I love to chat about games and anything else, movies and comics to, to be exact. So hit me up. Oh yeah, definitely. I want to try and, and do something to get you on, on the live show as well. But I figured that this would be a, a great opportunity just to, to showcase your brand and kind of do a, a more one on one without time constraints from, you know, doing a live show. So I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, you know, it was a great talking to you. I learned a lot and I got a lot of really great insight into the brand. And, you know, you guys, you guys got an open door invite. I told Dell and Melly Cat when they were on, you guys were always welcome. So. Well, we will definitely be on there as soon as you'll have us. So <laughs> you let you let us know. And you're always welcome on CVP as well. You know, we always, especially if you can, oh, please, episode 50, Join us. It's going to be bananas. We have so many guests. And I, you know, I also think it would be a cool way for, for you to network with a couple people I don't think you might have met yet. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Um, it, it, usually, usually during the week, I'm good. So if it's, if it's on a weeknight, we'll definitely figure something out. Definitely. Sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate you stopping through. I am uh, just going to hit stop on here real quick. <laughs>